0: What's good love
1: And welcome to What's Good Loveland, your local source for arts, entertainment, and culture in Loveland, Colorado. I am your host, Dan Bublitz Jr. Thank you for joining me this week for a brand new episode. I hope you've been enjoying what I've been doing. I hope that uh, you went and enjoyed Loveland and you went and uh, supported some local uh, culture, I guess. So you went and saw some art. Maybe you went to some live entertainment or just went to a great you know restaurant or a craft brewery or did all the things. I hope you did all those things throughout this last week. There was a lot, of, lot going on in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, there's a lot going on this upcoming week, too, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Real quick, shout out and thank you to Darren Williams. He wrote and produced the... The uh, theme music that you're hearing at the beginning of the show, you're also going to be hearing that music throughout the transitions of the show. So thank you, Darren. I appreciate you uh, coming through on that. And uh, if you haven't listened, he was last week's guest. If you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend going back. We had a great conversation, learned a lot about Darren. I uh, learned that you know, he transitioned from hip-hop to reggae. He's in a fantastic reggae band here in Loveland, Colorado called Inside the Mind. And he also does uh, video uh, mixed digital media. So he also does that, too. But we mostly talked about his transition from hip-hop to the reggae band. And it was a great conversation. So if you haven't listened to it, go back, listen to it. However, this episode is not about Darren. This episode is about a brand new guest because it's a brand new episode. This week's guest is Amelia Furman. She is a mixed-media artist based right here in Uh, Loveland, Colorado. She primarily does paper collage and oil to create narratives. Uh, So she's got some fantastic artwork. uh, And we talk about that. We talk about art. We talk about what brought her to Loveland, Colorado and uh, growing as an artist in Loveland, Colorado, and uh, she does some classes. She's involved, pretty heavily involved with the local arts community, and she has recommendations on how, if you want to get involved in the local art community, ways that you can get involved. So that's what's going to be coming up on the show. Again, it was a great conversation that I had with Amelia. before we get to that, we need to do uh, we need to find out what's going on in Loveland this week, don't we? So let's get to that. Things to do in Loveland. Here are your things to do in Loveland, Colorado from September 30th through October 6th, 2021. It is Friday, September 30th. If you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, you can go play Texas Hold'em Poker at 6 p.m. at Boise Tavern. You can also go do some karaoke at various venues, such as the Moose Lounge, the American Legion, the Office Bar and Grill, various start times. you got to contact the venues to find out what time karaoke will be taking place. You've got Pub Quiz over at Big Thompson Brewery. That starts at 6.30 p.m. At 7 p.m., we have Beer Choir Oktoberfest Sing Along at the Tilted Barrel. At 8 p.m. at East End Ale House, Windy Woo will be taking the stage to perform from 8 to 11. Some good live music there. At 8 p.m., Motley Crude, that's Motley Crude, not Motley crew will be playing at Tom Davis Saloon from 8 to midnight. Saturday, October 1st, and Sunday, October 2nd, out at the Ranch Complex, we have VinCon, which is a vintage video game convention. If you love video games, that's probably a place you're going to want to be this weekend. Also at the Ranch Complex on October 1st, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., we have the Timber Dan Fall Toy Show. So if you're into collecting toys, definitely go check that out. Then later that afternoon, 2 to 4 p.m., you can head over to Loveland Ale Works for paint and sip. You can create some art, sip some beer. That's from 2 to 4, Loveland Ale Works. Then at 7 p.m., here's something for the kids. We have Kids Night Out, music night, at the Chilson Recreation Center. That's uh, If you have kids and you want to do something with the family, that's a good event to go take the kids to. Again, that's at 7 p.m., Kids Night Out, Music Night at the Chilson Recreation Center. Over at Black & Blues Music & Brews from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m., Joe C. Wales Gang will be playing. I love the play on word. That is Joe C. Wales Gang playing at 7.30 till 10.30 p.m., Black & Blues Music & Brews. Then on Monday, we're going to skip right to Monday, you have the Flipside Monday Free Play from 6 to 11 over at Flipside. That's free play on all the video games, or probably most of the video games. So go check that out. Tuesday, October 4th, 4 p.m. over at Loveland Aleworks, we have Bishop and Brew's Chess Club. Uh, If you like to play chess, that would be a good thing to go check out, 4 p.m., Loveland Aleworks, October 4th. Then Thursday, October 6th, 6, 6 p.m., Loveland Ale Works again. We have Kimmy's Awesome Trivia. Go play some trivia at Loveland Ale Works on Thursday, October 6th. Or you can go over to Big Thompson Brewery for Cornhole Thursday. That starts at 6 p.m. as well. That's 6 to 8. And then again, every week, every Wednesday, there's a great open mic at the West End Lounge. And then on Thursdays, there's a great open mic at East End Lounge. So those are your weekly things to do in Loveland, Colorado for September 30th through October 6, 2022. <laughs> Damn, there's a lot of things going on in Loveland, Colorado this weekend. And I'm sad because I'm going to be out of town. Uh, I'm headlining a comedy club in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, shameless plug there. Uh, so I won't be around this weekend. I'm going to be gone. And I'm a little sad about that because I would have loved to went to VinCon because I love video games. Vintage video game con- convention sounds amazing, so does the the toy show. I collect toys too, so two of my favorite things one weekend love in Colorado and it's i 'm out of town. What a bummer, but if you 're in town. Go to those events. Go to all the events. Support all the live uh, entertainment and uh, arts and entertainment that you can because, you know, that's what you got to do. And I want to give a quick shout out to whattodoinloveland.com. They also have a Facebook group called What to Do in Loveland. They are a great resource for finding out things to do in Loveland, Colorado. That is what uh, the source where I'm using to find events and things that are happening in Loveland, Colorado. That's one of my main sources. And I just want to say thank you to them. They, What to Do in Loveland, is not associated with What's Good Loveland and vice versa. They're just a great online resource. They have a great calendar, and so I like to use that. It's a good resource all in one. So thank you, uh, whattodoinloveland.com. And if you're looking for something to do, go check out that website. they got a lot of great things uh, listed, not just events. They also have happy hour specials listed at various restaurants and venues and things like that. And all kinds of fun stuff. So, again, that's whattodoinloveland.com. Go check them out. And if you want your event featured on this podcast, you can do that by just emailing me the information at whatsgoodloveland.com at gmail.com. Again, that's what's good, Loveland at gmail.com. Send me the event information and I'll try to feature it on an episode of this podcast. And there's no cost to that. Just want to clarify, it's a free service. If you have something you want highlighted, just send it my way and we'll highlight it on, the, uh, on an episode that it takes place, you know? So that means uh, I'm not going to do it every week, but if it's in the week that I'm doing events, I will gladly highlight that event for you. Again, what's good at gmail.com to send me that information. All right, now I think it is a good time to get into this great interview that I had with Amelia Furman, mixed media artist based here in Loveland, Colorado. So here is my conversation with her. Enjoy! Today I am joined by Amelia Furman here in the studio, in the What's Good Loveland studio. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Thank you for uh, joining me. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I've interviewed uh, a brewer, and I've interviewed a musician, and now I get to interview a, a visual or a fine artist, and that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I think it's going to be fun just to chat about visual arts here in Loveland and what's happening. I think it'll be good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm like I said, I before we started recording, I told you I had just moved to Loveland a few months ago, and that's true. And that's why I started this podcast so I can meet other artists and uh, get to to know the art scene myself because it's so incredible. You know, with you know, we have the the brass sculptures and you know things like that. I was just on a trip for comedy this last weekend, and I met uh, a sculptor in uh, Neosho, Missouri, who does a lot of uh, clay sculpting and you know that kind of stuff. But he used to uh, he used to do sculpting for toys and stuff. But I had mentioned we got to talking, and I just happened to mention that I lived in Loveland. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I know Loveland. All that. you know." He yeah. was very familiar with Loveland because of the the art and the brass sculpting here. <laughs> yeah, a lot
0: of people think that like the main thing that Loveland has is the bronze foundries, but um, there's so much more. And like, while bronze has gotten us on the map and has has started. You know, to help us be recognized as you know an art mecca, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, it has uh, just diversified and gotten richer and deeper than you can imagine. So it's it's exciting to be part of this town right now. So welcome!
1: Yeah, thank you to Loveland. I'm excited to be here. You're gonna love it. So far, so far, uh, (laughs) I do. So far, I love it a lot. So there's that. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the town's incredible. So far, the people have been really nice and everything, so I'm excited to to dive into to Loveland, get to know it better. And speaking of, so what is your connection to Loveland? Were you born here, uh, raised, a, moved yeah. here?
0: Um, like most of the people here in Colorado, <laughs> I am not uh, native to Colorado. Um, I um, came from Pennsylvania about Uh, kind of the middle of the state, rural Pennsylvania. And uh, me and my husband uh, basically moved here around nine years ago. Um, My eldest was two, and uh, we were looking for a place to uh, raise our family in an outdoor-centered environment, Uh, a place where the culture um, kind of pushed you to do more things outside, um uh, because we both love outdoors so we thought you know let's put ourselves in a community where that's the norm Um, (laughs) well you picked good (laughs) yeah i know Um, we started visiting my brother who had moved out here first and then that's how we fell in love with the place and then we started the process of looking for a job for my husband tim and just figuring out where would be the right place and we as we were doing research we uh Stumbled upon Loveland and found out. Oh wait, it's got an art scene. Um, there's a lot happening there. It's fairly um, centrally located, or you know, located in a place where it's easy to get to things.
1: Yeah, that's and- one thing I really like about Loveland is the placement. Yeah, yeah, because it is like you're you're close to Fort Collins, Boulder, Denver. It's very. Central, and then all yeah. the little towns in
0: between. <laughs> for sure. And so that's kind of what piqued our interest was uh, the art scene as well as the location. And so then we started looking and, and we, and now we're here. We've been here for about nine years now and um, loving it and enjoy calling it home.
1: That's awesome. well, I'm looking forward to the same in nine years being able to say the same thing. <laughs> no it's it's a like you said, it is a great little spot for that because it's so centrally located and everything now, as far as going into your art, you said you you've been a professional artist for just over or over fifteen years. what did you do before that and what inspired you to get? To do art professionally,
0: so um, I've been doing art, um, you know, since I was a a small child. Um, You know, painting and drawing, sketching, uh, creating things. Um, And so, my parents actually got me involved in art lessons pretty early on, like fifth grade, um, onto all basically all the way through high school. And as I progressed through those lessons and continued with them, and um, you know, started building skill sets. Um, my teachers and stuff really encouraged me. Like, you really should think about art as as something to go into for a profession. And um, so we started kind of playing around with those ideas. What, what does that look like? And, um, and so when um, I was, uh, I think, a junior in high school, I went to a special governor's school in Pennsylvania where uh, we looked at a couple different options as far as, like, you know, sculpture, uh, drawing, um, and uh, I think there was graphic design at that point. And so I decided I was like, well, graphic design sounds like, you know, a viable career type of thing. So let's let's look at that. So that was like really my first introduction to uh, looking at art as a as a potential career. And I was just a junior in high school at the time. Um, But that really helped me see that I loved doing different forms of art. I had the ability to do it. And it's something that I wanted to. Give my life to. Um, And so uh, from there, I decided to, um, like after that program was done, I started looking at potential art schools and uh, seeing what was out there for me. And um, I ended up actually going to a Christian liberal arts college, um, which um, really helped me get a very broad uh, range of education. Um, And so I feel like. In that type of setting, I learned about um, business, I learned about history, I learned about writing, I learned about all sorts of different things along with all of the art. And so I went to school uh, for art and focused in on painting, printmaking, and illustration. Um, when I first got to school, I was planning on doing graphic design. Again, like the the practical side was yep. jumping in going like, okay, <clears throat> I could make, make that a job. I did uh, about – you know, two semesters of uh, computer classes, and realized while I can do this, I don't really like it, and it's not something I want to spend all my time doing. Um, and at the same time, I was taking foundational classes, um, and really um, saw that my ability to draw and paint uh, were, you know, pretty advanced for for where I was at. And so my my teachers being the blessing that they were, you know, they're like you might want to think about fine art. I know that's kind of scary, but you could do it. And so I was like, okay, how about illustration? That's a, that's still safe, but <laughs> Yeah, a lot of um, jobs
1: out there for illustration. Right. Still safe,
0: but um, still practical, right? So then I actually started in on the illustration program and um, I learned so much about storytelling and so much about working in series as well as the business aspects of art. Um, because in illustration, you have to work with other people. You got to work with publishing companies and, and all that. So it was fantastic um, to be able to be part of that. But then by the time I graduated, um, I'm looking at my portfolio ready to, you know, hit the ground running and stuff and realizing I don't think I want to do illustration. And so then, um, you know, it was one of those things where I had to spend some time thinking, okay, well, what am I doing then? And so I actually got involved in a um, an artist crit group um, when we were in Philadelphia. Cause after I was done with school, my husband and I got married, we uh, stayed in the Philadelphia area in the suburbs for about 10 years. Um, and so as I was trying to find my way, there was this amazing art crit group that had a range of ages from like 80 year olds to my age. I was probably one of the younger ones. And um, I got to see other artists like making a living at their art In all sorts of different ways, whether it was graphic design, illustration, uh, showing at galleries, going to festivals, whatever it was. And so that really opened up my eyes to all the possibilities. And so from there, that's when I started to, you know, kind of put my toes in the water of what would it look like to actually sell artwork, um, just directly to people, to collectors, um, in a fine art type of sense. And so that's where my journey started. And then I spent several years just making really bad art and trying things out, <laughs> taking it to crit groups, seeing, you know, saying, Here's here's what I got, what do you think? And um and so I just continued to develop. Um try all sorts of different things uh, and found some things that I absolutely loved. Other things I was like, oh, no, that's definitely not it. And um, eventually through all of that trial and error, I came uh, upon this combination of paper collage and uh, paint. And so that's where I ended up finding – my true voice as an artist where it felt like it just sung inside of me, like this is what I'm made to make. And so that's, that's kind of where I landed and what I've been working on ever since.
1: That's interesting to doing paper, the, the, the paper part with painting, like how does that work? Like when you think of an idea, how do you take that idea and then put it into the, the visual
0: form? That's a great question. I mean, it's a a very common one uh, when people are looking at my work, like how in the world do you actually get this started? Um, So, you know, just to to get started, I typically, I'm always looking for opportunities for the next painting. Um, And so everything as far as the landscapes around me, the nature elements around me, it's all inspiration and it's all things that could potentially be turned into a painting. And I'm always just, I'm, a bit of a deep thinker. Like I think a lot about different things on different levels. And so I feel like my brain's constantly just forming ideas about, uh, that could be used then for those paintings. Um, but usually when I'm outside, um, either, you know, as a planned, Outing for a hike, or we're out, you know, just walking the dog, or uh, at a park, or, or whatever. I always have my phone with me, and um, and then if I see something that catches my attention, I'll take pictures of it. Um, sometimes it could be colors, sometimes it's composition, other times, you know, um, it's just the overall vista and it just the way it feels. And so I use my, you know, kind of like my gut reaction to those things to know, like, ah, I should capture this. And so um, that's typically where my process for a painting starts is I, f- I find something I want to paint. Um, and then I take it back into the studio and I spend time with that image deciding what do I feel about this image? What does it make me think of? Uh, what are my connections with it? And as I'm going through that process, I'm basically, you know, going from like the you know physical location all the way down to how it actually affects my heart and my mind and so i'm usually writing notes down on the side of the paper you know like oh, it makes me think of this it makes me remember this thing from my childhood or I, this particular icon came to mind and and so then that's how i start to form what it is that i'm planning on saying about that landscape you know scene or that you know nature scene and, uh, you know, from that process, then I start gathering collage material, um, either things that I have, you know, picked up while I've been at the site. Um, I, am one of those like paper hoarders that just has paper everywhere. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I imagine if you, if you do a lot of art with paper collage, that's probably important.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the, I think the trickiest part about it is actually organizing it when you get it back into the studio, because yeah. that is, that is a, a task on itself. Um, but – so I'll start collecting all those collage materials. I'll look for things that are safe to use online. Uh, I have scrapbook papers, newspapers, anything and everything. Sometimes I make uh, the collage materials as well, like handwritten um, pieces or hand-drawn. And um, and so then I arrange it all on the panel um, the way I want to, you know, put it together as a story, the way it looks good uh, in my, you know – opinion with, uh, the, the image I'm going to be painting on top of it. So I put that all together, glue it down, and then, um, I will seal it with a clear gesso and then start painting from there. And it's just a very layered process. Um, thin layers with oil. Um, I'm traditionally trained in watercolor. So, um, I tend to use everything almost in a very transparent way. Um, but yeah, and that's basically it's just kind of a dance between the collage material and the paint. Once I have all the collage down,
1: now with that, you know, that type of art, you know, you you just talked about what kind of inspires you. But like a project, when you have when you finally decide, oh, I'm going to do this, and then you start doing it. What? How long does it take to go from inception to? Till you're satisfied with mm. it, because I feel like, especially with if you're building layers, I feel like it's a long process.
0: Yeah, it can, can be. Can be. Yeah, yeah, it totally can be. So, and it it, it depends on size, um, and also depends on the complexity um, of the project. Uh, if I have to, if I have the the collage material fairly collected already, like stuff that I can use in my studio, then it doesn't take as long as if I have to. Go and like find everything, Mm -hmm. Um, and so or make things, um, if you will, and so it can range from you know a couple weeks to a couple months. Yep, and that's about the best I can tell you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. Do you, as an artist, when you're you're working on a project, are you an artist that just hones in on that piece? I can't do anything else until this is done, or are you an artist that I can step away from that? And maybe start something else and just kind of dabble in a couple different projects?
0: Yeah, I typically um, do have, like, several different projects going at one time. I don't necessarily know. Like, I think I could totally, like, focus in on one project at a time, but my schedule's, like the amount of stuff that needs to happen is not really allowing for that um so i typically have um you know like maybe two commissions going at one time where i'm working at them at various levels like i may be starting on sketches for one the other one i'm building the collage layout for it um and then like if there's a show coming up i might have you know a couple other pieces that i'm I'm building some ideas for and i'll work on them especially if i'm um, if if I've got an idea that I want to expand across several different paintings, um, I'll go ahead and I'll work on all of those paintings at the same time. Oh, that makes um, sense. Yeah, and I'll work at them at their the same phases. You know, like uh, the collage gathering and then the arranging, and so I do that for all the panels. Um, and then glue everything and then glaze. And then typically when it gets to the painting part, that's more of like a work on one for a while and then work on the next one. And, um, so yeah, it's, um, it, there's a lot of different moving parts. It
1: sounds like it. It sounds like it. it's very intriguing with that. Now you talked about doing commissions. How does that work? How does, how does one decide to get into doing commissions versus just doing your own art and mm-hmm. selling that?
0: So I've been doing commissioned work pretty much since I started um, as an artist right out of college. And I think my background in illustration really prepared me well for this idea of having someone else give you direction uh, for creating a vision. So it's, it's from the get go, it's like a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that really um, kind of set me up to be comfortable working um, in that way. And also my um, style, the way I use paper collage, um, and, and paint for, you know, the, the landscapes, it really lends itself to commissioned artwork, um, you know, customized type of things where people can bring me their collage pieces or say, hey, can you find, you know, pictures of this? Or can you find, um, you know, newspapers from this place or whatever? Um, So all those things kind of lend itself to um, personalized, more commissioned, you know, work. Um, As far as getting into it, I think I just, like I said, with the illustration, I just kind of started working that way and then just eventually, you know, kind of grew into, how i wanted to see it done and even like in the last like two years i would say that my commission process has um transformed quite a bit um as i've gotten more confidence as as an artist i've started to change the way i do it Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely with now with your uh commissions Versus your your regular art now, because in comedy, it's very similar. We, you know, we can go perform on, you know, like a comedy club or wherever and just say whatever we want. And I mean, there can be, you know, obviously repercussions if you say the wrong things. That's just life. But, (laughs) you know, you can go be a true artist. Or you can also go do corporate comedy where corporate comedy will pay your bills. It's not as as fulfilling as the artist, but it's practical in the sense that it it pays the bills. Mm -hmm. Is it kind of the same with with art where doing commission, it's practical because it pays the bills and you can't always sell your own art? Or is that just a matter of what kind of uh, notoriety you have as an artist that factors into that?
0: Yeah, so I would definitely say – in the earlier stages of my commission process. And in even, like I said, like in the, like the last two years, um, I felt that way. It felt like commissions were something I could do. It was steady stream of income. Um, but it didn't feel the same as creating my independent work just in my studio from my own inspiration. But what I will say is, um, since changing up how I approach commissions, um, in like the last two years or so, I, it's definitely much more balanced where I feel just as excited to come into the studio to work on a commission as I feel about an independent piece for an upcoming festival or just cause I want to do it. Um, and that's all because I've taken back the reins of the vision that I want For the work. So instead of having a client tell me, like, it has to be this, 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 or this, I spend a lot of time with them at the beginning of the project talking through what it is they want from it. Um, And then we make it very clear that I will be putting together sketches and I'll be putting together ideas. And I go over the vision uh, for the piece before we even start that process to see how well I'm connecting with them. And, um, and it's really nice to kind of be at a place where, um, you know, if I don't feel like it's something I'm going to get excited about or something that I'm going to enjoy doing, I can decline the commission or we can say, Hey, maybe you need to look for a different artist that's going to approach it this way. Um, and so it's, it's really nice to be able to, to be at a point where I can do that instead of feeling like, well, Got to, oh, yeah. Gotta do this one now. <laughs> Great, and I know I've I, I'm in trouble if I start cleaning <laughs> as opposed to doing the artwork. Then I'm like, uh, so if you're
1: you're in the studio and you just start cleaning the studio yeah, instead of working on the that <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good tell. That's a good uh, self aware of uh, knowing yourself and, and your creativity to know mm-hmm. that oh this means we need to make some changes here yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. With your own art, your your particular art, do you have a favorite piece that you've done? What's your favorite piece of your own of your own works,
0: mm. uh,
1: or one? What was the funnest project to work on?
0: That's that's a really good question. Um, I feel like whichever one I'm working on currently is my favorite one. Um, well, that's
1: what you tell yourself so you keep inspired. I I get it. No. Yeah,
0: no, I I really do. like when I'm working on when I'm 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 in it. Um, so I just completed a fern piece that I really um really loved doing because it stretched me um to get into more details than I typically would do so that that was a really fun one I think um however like some of my my collaborative pieces have been the ones that really um have stuck with me so I did um a couple different pieces um one for the church that I grew up in where um, everybody brought me um, like pieces of paper with different um, – like we would prompt them for things to to put on the paper. And so everyone hand wrote different things and that was mailed to me and I put that all on, on the panel as part of the collage. Um, and then I did um, a similar project uh, for uh, a church here in uh, Fort Collins area where everyone wrote down um, a future hope and blessing for – the, um the community um and so then I got to put all of those on and I did a gratitude tree not too long ago where it was a two-year process of me um, getting people's submissions um and I, I did it at a couple different uh, venues and different locations and uh, so we have you know stuff from from small children all the way up to you know um, grandparents and everyone in between um and so everyone wrote down like what they were thankful for. And I said, you don't have to think about it much, just whatever comes to mind, because um, I love that spontaneity about it. And I also wanted to make it super fun and accessible mm-hmm. for people. Um, and so they would give those to me, and I put those put all of that onto the panel. Um, and so then on top of it, I ended up doing a evergreen, a ponderosa pine, and um, loved the way that the whole process of it felt, as well as the, um, you know completion of it i was really pleased with the the way it ended up looking It just recently sold so it's so exciting (laughs) to see it yeah going into a new home and there will be prints available uh, for it but i love i love those collaborative pieces
1: yeah that's oh yeah i I imagine being able to work with other artists that sounds like a lot of fun i was and it's funny that you said that it's gonna be a there's gonna be a print too because i meant to ask that earlier about that, with your kind of art, with it being paper collage and then painting, a combination—is that something you you can still do prints of, and how does that work? With
0: yeah, so because I
1: guess I don't know what the textures like. I'm mm, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. enough about art to understand.
0: <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah, it, prints have always been something that has. It's been. Uh, I f- I feel like it's a growing experience for me as far as what is going to best represent my artwork. What's going to be. Um, the best option for, uh, someone who wants to start collecting artwork. Um, and so I'm always cognizant of, of those things, those, those two pieces, how is it going to best represent? How is it going to best serve the people that are wanting an image? And so, um, I've gone from, you know, just paper prints, like with a a mat on them and, you know, having them printed, um, at various third parties, um, you know, and different, you know people around um or i've also i've done in-house printing with um uh, chromolite ink and uh, large format printers so i've done a little bit of that to see like how does that is it help with the you know the bottom line kind of thing um i've done prints on canvas i've done um prints mounted on wood and then uh resin coated um, and, cause I used to do resin coating all the time for all of my work basically. Um, and so I feel like I've, I've done just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the things that I've learned is, um, having a couple options is great, but don't give too many Oh, and yeah. be, be really <laughs> selective about, um, what you're going to offer. Um, make sure it's the best quality that you can offer at the price point that you want to be able to offer um but don't don't give all the options otherwise you'll just paralyze everyone oh, yeah like, i don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that definitely makes sense you, you get too many options i even i find that's out my as a consumer you just go into a store you know and, and finding that fine line because sometimes they don't have enough options it's like oh there's just not enough you know options for this particular item and then other items there's like there's too many what do i get so overwhelming (laughs) i'll
0: get nothing
1: (laughs) yeah that's usually how it ends i'm just gonna leave (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can't handle this anxiety (laughs) (laughs) No, as a comedian Uh, you know I do a lot of writing I write jokes you know some jokes work some some don't you know we still you try to fine tune it and then if it doesn't work eventually we have to scrap it have you ever found that with art with like your art that you've had something that you were working on and it just you just had to call it quits
0: oh sure yeah there have been pieces um that I've worked on and I'm like wow this is this is not going the way I planned it. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. And, you know, like with my stuff, like some artists that w- like work on canvas and, and other panels that aren't mixed media, um, they can um, repurpose those uh, substrates, which is awesome that they can do that. Uh, typically, like once I get oil paint on there, I'm just done. I, I can. Well, I shouldn't say that. I could probably sand it all off and start again with the, the base panel. Um, but a lot of times I just have to check it mm-hmm. and, and just be like, well, you know, that was, and, and I never see it though as like wasted time. It's like, well, I learned through that. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's and,
1: same yeah. thing with comedy. Mm-hmm. The stuff that, that, that my, my other podcast, that's what it focuses on is failure and mm-hmm. learning from that. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You can, there's always a lesson, especially, I feel like you learn more from failure than you do from success. Yeah. Cause yeah. you can easily replicate. success but that doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be as fulfilling
0: for sure i actually i do on instagram i do friday fails um because i've started to get i love that yeah (laughs) i've i've realized like like a big part of my journey has been getting over the fear of failure and um like not beating myself up about the failure and and also like Like almost like embracing it and and realizing, look, if we don't try this new thing, you know, I'm not going to be able to experience the lessons that I could potentially learn, even if it's a complete flop. And so um, that's one of the things – I mainly did that for myself so that I could get, you know, on Instagram and say, here's my failure and like just get really, really okay Mm -hmm. with talking about it um, and – sharing the lessons that I've learned from it. And what I've found through doing this is uh, that a lot of people resonate with uh, just this this idea of let's you know, let's talk about the failures, let's let's learn from them and let's make it completely normal to fail. Absolutely. Like, all the time. Let's just make that normal. And
1: it's a fun way, too, with that, like, with your Friday Fails. And and it's a good way to create social media content, which, as an artist, like any kind of an artist, social media has become a necessary evil. You you know, you almost have to be involved at some level. And so it's a good way to, like, create some content – but not just be the same thing over and over again. It's Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. doing something outside of the box a little bit. And it's a good Mm -hmm. way to connect with people because everybody can relate to failing and learning (laughs) from our mistakes, whether they want to admit it or not. (laughs) I know some people
0: are more, you know, like uh, into it than others, you know, if they're not into it, it's just they're in denial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. You're you're not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong about that at all. Now, going back to doing art here in Loveland, well, uh, oh, real quick, before I forget, I wanted to ask this because you mentioned the different types of uh, you know, surfaces that you can work with. What do you typically work with? Because you mentioned you could sand and start over, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you can't. I guess in my head, I'm like, can you sand canvas? That's...
0: Yeah, no. Um so I typically work on um what's called a cradled panel and that basically it's a tempered double tempered hardboard that is uh mounted onto a either a birch or a poplar uh frame. And so and that's what that cradle is. And um and so I find like I really like having that um that substrate that is really really sturdy. Um I've I've worked on canvas like off and on, tried it several times. I hate that it bounces back at me. It's like, (laughs) no, stop it. Um, And I I typically am pretty aggressive with my brushes as well. Um, And so it's almost like I need something that is not going to talk back to me that I just, I need it to just stay where it is. Just do its job, (laughs) do its job and stay where you are. Um, so that I tend to, um, find, I like the best as far as working on cradled. Um, but I've also worked on flat panels that can be installed right into the, uh, right onto the wall. Um, and you know, other, even just loose canvas, um I sometimes I just try different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, typically yeah. always
1: exploring. Oh yeah. Trying to. I mean that's that's yeah. the artist artist's way there. Now going back to Loveland, uh you know, you moved here, you said about nine years ago. Did you get involved with the art scene here like right away? Did it take you a little while to to mm-hmm. get out there and meet people or how was that for you?
0: Well I knew based on my experience um with the Philadelphia crit Group that I was part of, um, I knew that I thrived in an artist community. And so I was um, pretty proactive with getting involved right away Um, because I just knew like as far as meeting people and making my way as an artist in a new town, I needed to get out there and start seeing what was available. So um, I actually had started um, when I first came, I looked at a gallery, um, shared some artwork uh, with a gallery down in Colorado Springs um and they took me on uh they're called uh, 45 degree gallery and um so i started building a relationship there with uh, that gallerist um but as far as down in downtown loveland here um i started um getting involved in the thompson valley art league and um became one of their members um at the lincoln gallery it's a, a gallery that the uh, the league actually owns and um, so, and that was great because then that got me showing in in the you know in the town I live. It got me starting to engage with other people that were part of the community, part of the arts. Um, and then um, after about a year or so of that, um, I moved over to Independence Gallery, which is also downtown, um, and that's another co-op gallery situation where you go in, you um, you know work for. Couple hours every month, um, and you you know have this kind of this smaller community that's that comes alongside you. So, those were you know two of my main ways of starting to get my name out there, get involved, and um, yeah, move into Loveland's art scene.
1: With that, <clears throat> having that experience, being somebody new coming in, what would you recommend if somebody? Either maybe they're not necessarily new to Loveland, but maybe they're an artist and they just haven't broke out. What would you recommend the best ways for them to get involved?
0: Come to the Thompson Valley Art League's um, member meetings on the third Thursdays. Um, It starts at 630. Um, That is a fantastic group to just stop in, check it out. Um, you don't have to be a member to, to join the meetings. Um, and it's, it's a place where you can start meeting other artists at all different levels of, uh, professional development, uh, from like, Hey, I just really, I just got into doing watercolor classes and I just want to meet other artists. Um, so that is a a great place. And that is a year round, uh, type of, um, program that, that is happening. Um, and you know, even just going into the galleries that are downtown, um, or going to some of the festivals that we have, um, we have, uh, the Loveland art studio tour coming up in October. So it's October 8th and 9th and 15th and 16th. And I cannot tell you the amount of artists that I have talked to who said, I started to get to know other artists because I, I went to the tour um, and so it's a really good way to meet other artists, um, see what's actually out there, start asking questions, take a notebook, write stuff down, grab business cards, um, and just don't be afraid to just start making those connections. Um, I think being that, you know, being proactive about it is really important.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, <clears throat> Oh, my voice there. Sorry about that. Are there now that you're more involved in the scene here? Who are some of your other, you know, like local favorite artists or artists that inspire you?
0: Mm, that's a great question. Uh, so there's several uh, different folks that I um, just I love seeing what they're doing um and uh, I love collaborating with them uh Jenny Milner is is one she's based in artworks um, in downtown uh, Loveland she's a mural artist um, she's graciously taught me everything she knows um and I constantly mean asking her questions about uh, different things because I, I love um I love to think I'm a muralist I don't have many murals <laughs> under my belt but um but I I love to pretend I guess um and so I uh, really enjoy seeing what she's doing. Um, she's, she's a great teacher as well. Um, let's see some other artists that I really enjoy. So my friend Angie Boheim, who actually, um, she lives in South Loveland. Um, I have so enjoyed watching her career. She, um, is my age, has young kids just like me. She's actually, her kids are a little bit younger. Um, but she does cats in space
1: Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to totally check it out.
0: So she's she's located at uh, Lincoln Gallery and um the thing I love about her is she's so unapologetically her. And she she's like, "I know I'm weird. I don't care." <laughs> I know there's I know there's other weird people out there that's going to love this stuff. And she's really talented too. She's a watercolor artist that does these, you know, whimsical cats and space scenes and um And so it's been fun to watch her and I'm inspired by her, um, just her authenticity and her, um, she's really good at writing too. And so I love seeing how she's writing about her pieces. So really enjoy her. Let's see who else, um, uh, Amy Jo Hosterman is, um, an artist who, um, one of the things I love about her is she's really into her process. So she's a ceramic artist, and um, she goes out and digs her own clay right here, like in Loveland. And she'll take out, she'll take other um, groups and stuff, and and have them dig in the dirt with her. And so they'll learn how to process wild clay as well. Um, and so I think one of the things I I love about Amy's work is just how involved she is from the very get-go with her materials all the way to the finished product. And she also is really good at um, sharing what she knows um, and doing demonstrations. And uh, she also helps run a lot of different things here in town with the Creative District, and she has a nonprofit she works with that does a big artist residency um, in Michigan. Um, and so I just I love seeing what she's doing. And um, how community oriented she is
1: Yeah that's uh, that's amazing that she goes and collects her own clay.
0: I know that's
1: putting yourself into your work that's yeah. wow <laughs> yeah I don't yep. think I've ever heard of anybody doing that before but that's pretty amazing.
0: You'll have to have her on the podcast. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I, <laughs>
1: I'm definitely open to it you'll have to tell her to do it <laughs> since you, sure. since you know her Now we'll get we're gonna get wrapped up here a couple more things as far as going back to your your own artwork, and I couldn't figure out how to phrase this question um, so it would make sense, but where, like, a notable host for your art, like where's one of the most recognizable places that somebody might see your art?
0: Uh, So a couple places downtown if you want to see it. Um, I have a a piece that was uh, publicly funded um, at the Loveland Library. So if you uh, go over to the teen section and go up the stairs, um, the there's a, a special mixed media piece there in the hallway um, and that was one of my collaborative pieces um, with kids from the summer reading program and they helped create the piece um, so that's one place where you can see it that's not what I typically do as far as like when you're looking at it you're like this doesn't look anything like what she does <laughs> but um, but anyway so that is a place where you can see some of my collaborative work um, another place to see my work is um, at the pass through way uh, between the Rialto and two. Um, I did, um, basically, uh, worked from the uh, 4th street all the way to the alleyway. There's like a, a pass through way or hallway. Um, and it's got mural elements, um, on both sides of the walls, as well as mixed media paintings that celebrate the history of the Rialto. And so that's my work as well. Um, and Jenny helped me with the, with the mural stuff because I had never done anything like that so big before. Um, so that is available to see um, uh, in the downtown area. And I just recently finished my first street mural. And um, that is at the corner of desk Chair. Um, so fourth, fourth in Cleveland. So right there where dust chair is, there's a bike corral and you'll, you'll see it right away. It's blue and yellow and orange and pink and, and dark blue. And then there's just this white random line that just connects everything. And so that's my latest, um, piece that's in downtown in, in the public art scene, um, here, As far as other places, like to see my more typical landscape work, um, I have work at um, Lincoln Gallery, um, which is on 4th and Lincoln, or just a little bit above 4th. Um, So that is a place where you can see it um, just on a, a regular basis. And then my gallery... Or my studio that I have uh, here in downtown Loveland is located at Micah Place, um, which is at 3rd and Jefferson. So I just moved into this new space um, in August. And so that's a place if you want to see what I'm working on currently or want to see what available works I have, um, you can schedule an appointment to come check out the studio and, uh, you know, come say hi.
1: Yeah. And well, and you said in addition to, you know, doing the art and stuff, you also teach mm-hmm. art a little bit. How did you get into that? All right. I guess how did you get into that and how if somebody decides that they want to maybe take a class or, or a one-on-one or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. how do they – reach out about that.
0: Uh, Yeah. So it's funny. I was talking to my mom a couple, maybe it was like a year or two ago before I started really getting more into teaching. And she's like, you always said you were never going to teach. And here you are. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, never say those things. Uh, What I found is I I really enjoy the process of sharing um, a process or information that, um, that I've found helpful for myself. So I just want to share it with everyone. Um, It's just, you know, kind of like teaching. Um, and so as far as uh, being able to do, uh, classes with me right now, I am working on putting together my 2023, uh, workshop schedule. Um, and so that's, um, going to probably start in January. And so the best thing to do is what, what I tell people is if they want to take a workshop with me to learn my mixed media techniques, get on my mailing list because i since I'm just working on my schedule now, I don't know what the dates are. Um, And so some of the classes that I offer are in person. Other times they are online. Um, And so the best thing to do is go to ameliaferman.com and then just um, like close to the bottom of the website, there's just a place where you can put in your information. And then that way you'll get notified when classes are open for registration and what we're going to be doing. Um, what level they're for. Um, And so that's actually, um, I I think, the best way to do it. And you can follow me on social media as well. But with algorithms, you never know if you're going to see it. So email is definitely the best. Um, As far as uh, other stuff that I do, I also teach some business classes um, when it comes to art since you know, I figured if, if I've been doing this for 15 years, I could tell you a lot of stuff what not to do.
1: Yep. no absolutely I do the same thing with comedy I teach some stuff not like how to do stand up I teach more business related stuff with yeah. because there's a lot a lot of people forget that even though it's art their business isn't involved if you're if you're trying to make a living doing an art it becomes a business whether you want it to or not
0: yes it's it's just part of the gig if yep. you want to be able to make money with your artwork you have to learn how to do it as a business you have to be an entrepreneur um, and so that's something that I I've fully embraced. I've actually learned to really enjoy it, um, and I could not say that a couple of years ago. It was more like oh, I can't believe I have to do this, but but now I've found that I can make it as unique as my art pieces. Um, And so that's what I strive to do. And that's what I strive to teach other people. Um, And just some basic tips and tricks for how to do marketing. How do you write about your your artwork? How do you actually find out what your artwork is about? Because sometimes artists, they just intuitively create things but they don't actually know why they do it. And then since they don't know why, they have no idea how to talk about it. And so like there's just this big you know chasm between the yep. making and the being able to share. And so those classes that I do, those are available as replays currently on my website at AmeliaFurman.com. And um, so you can purchase those replays and then I'll probably be doing some more soon. Um, I just don't have any on the schedule yet. It's well, fourth quarter. It's busy. Yeah, I
1: get it. I get it. Getting ready for taxes and all that jazz. <laughs> Finishing up the year so you can get ready for the first quarter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Well, this has been fantastic. I got one more question. might be the most important question because this is a podcast that focuses on Loveland arts and entertainment and culture. What is your favorite local Loveland hangout?
0: Uh, if you're taking a break bad. from
1: art, where are you going to hang out?
0: There's so many of them. I can't make, you're making me pick one. One, we love going to, um, over to like the lagoon if they're doing music over there. Um, and the library's right there and we love the library cause it's got free books all yep. the time. And I'm a bookworm and my kids are bookworms. And, um, so we'll, we love going to that area downtown, um, the Foundry is really cool too, like the Foundry Plaza because they've got like a – well, I don't know if it's running right now because of the change in season. Um, but they'll typically have like a splash fountain going, mm-hmm. which is really awesome too. I love those two hangouts.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. For the love.